Smarto's publisher platform, SPX, is a mobile-first unified platform with a free mobile ad server, an ad network mediation, and a private marketplace for exclusive deals. SPX delivers high fill rates and eCPMs for your mobile inventory because you're connected to more global demand sources than any other ad exchange out there. Not only that, but Smarto's proprietary decisioning logic called Dynamic Demand puts all of your demand sources in competition, which drives up your revenue. Smarto, S-M-A-A-T-O dot com. Sign up today and get, let's get started monetizing your app or mobile website in minutes. Splitmetrics is an A-B testing and analytics platform for App Store and Google Play icons, screenshots, and videos. They help to create the best App Store pages possible. Getting your App Store creatives right raises the chances of a higher conversion and higher volumes of organic downloads and better return for your investment and user acquisition. So to skyrocket your app downloads, sign up for a demo at www.splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. That's www.splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, and go and sign up for a demo. Thanks so much to Splitmetrics for supporting the show. Hi, I'm Yanni Vlevin, CEO and founder of Panoply, and you're listening to The App Guy. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, The App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the podcast and the show that helps app entrepreneurs all around the world. We're helping app entrepreneurs everywhere. And I do this because I get the most inspiring, aspirational entrepreneurs on this show who then talk through their journeys on uh, the, the apps that they're working on and the startups and, and what we can learn from them. So please stay tuned. This is uh, going to be a really terrific episode. Uh, I have met this entrepreneur in a Slack channel. We, we connected and I uh, really wanted to hear his story because he is uh, the co-founder of the app Drive Mode. That's the Drive Mode. And his name is Jeff Standard. And he's here to join us and talk about his journey with the app. So, Jeff, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Great. Thank you, Paul. Very Th happy to be here. Thanks for coming on. Tell us about Drive Mode then, first of all, uh, about the app. What, what does it do? Sure. So, Drive Mode is um, looking to solve the problem that sort of started with um, something that we found, uh, particularly California drivers, and I, I'm willing to make the call out, uh, having grown up in Los Angeles myself. Um, and so if at any given point you're driving down the freeway, you'll see a lot of folks with one hand on the wheel and another hand on their, their smartphone. Um, they may be talking. Um, they may be thinking that their definition of hands-free use is actually just putting the phone in speakerpho speakerphone mode and using it that way. Um, and, and so there's, there's all sorts of risks with all the goofy stuff that people do behind the wheel because they're stuck in traffic and they're bored. Smartphones are a very compelling device, clearly. And so it's really hard to, to kind of have that break from that experience when you get into your car and then you find it's, it's not connected. It's it, really the technology that you've got in your car is the technology that was conceived of 15 years ago built seven years ago, and then finally rolled out to you today in a 2015 model. And so um, with that, uh, drive mode is sort of meant to bridge that technology gap that's happening. And if you're using your phone, it's clearly not very safe. And so drive mode is 
an interface to allow you to, to make it easier to use the functions of your phone while you're driving. Um, and it's really built on these, these sort of this fundamental gap that people have in the car uh, right now. What I'm really enjoying about this, Jeff, and I think the inspirational thing for anyone listening is the fact that you think about driving apps and you think the market is already crowded and it's not worth building another app because you have the big ones, the Waze, the Google Maps and the Apple Maps, if you want to mention that. But uh, you've gone into the market and you've found your own take on the app. What, what, what convinced you that it was worth actually building, given that there's such t- tough competition in, with driving apps? Well, for where drive modes um, a, a bit different than others is that um, we're we're focused on uh, several different reasons why you would want to use your phone um, in the car, and then we build an interface on top of all those different reasons. And so, as you mentioned, you know, Google Maps, Waze, uh, navigation is one of those reasons. Uh, the real difficulty comes when you want to connect. Uh, or, or kind of mix experiences. And so an example of that is if you receive a call while you're navigating on Waze, for example, then your phone is going to pull the old switcheroo and right as you're uh, coming up to a turn, kind of a, a tricky intersection, you know, your best friend calls and all of a sudden the Waze app gets slid to the background and then the phone call app comes and takes over your screen. You're disoriented. You have no idea what's going on. And so that's, it was really when we started to see these experiences happening where you want to do more than just navigation in the car. And so bridging the, the sort of distances between those experiences is where drive mode really comes in. And it, a lot of that is what inspired uh, our team to build drive mode is because of all these different situations you may find yourself in, whether it's, for example, controlling music, if I'm listening to you, uh, which I, I actually often do. This is a, a very much an, an unsolicited plug for your show. I, I absolutely love oh, it. Oh, I love that. So uh, you're actually listening to the App Guy podcast uh, whilst uh, taking phone calls and driving and uh, doing a, going about your business in LA. Yes, that's right. Uh, and the the sort of key here is, for example, if, if I'm navigating Um, I don't need to be looking at the screen all the time. I don't need to be listening to the navigation directions all the time. Um, And so during those gaps, if I'm, you know, driving alone, I've usually got a podcast or an audio book on. And so if I'm listening to your podcast, um, I don't want to have to switch between maps or, um, or whatever podcast player I'm using. And so that's really where drive mode kind of comes in and says, okay, look, you can have, Google Maps running in the background, we've built an interface on top of it to allow you to control and adjust the podcasts if I want to switch between items or if I want to change volumes, pause, play. And so I can, I can have that interaction layer without ever losing sight of that critical information in the background, which would be my navigation directions. Yeah, Jeff, you've already sold me on the app because you can keep on listening to my podcast whilst driving, <laughs> and that's uh, it's got to be a good thing. Um, what, tell us about you and your story because uh, we often wonder what drives people like yourself, entrepreneurs, to, to actually go about building apps, you know, starting a startup. What, what drove you, drove you, get it, to uh, actually start this, this app and this, this startup? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, 
driving has always been a, a huge part of my life. Um, again, I mentioned I, I grew up in LA. I'd been driving since I was 15 and a half um, all over the place. And in in driving, I, I realized I was kind of falling into this this situation where I realized I was using my phone and it was, it was very unsafe. Um, and it, it so happened, and this is sort of one of one of the biggest learnings that I've had with with startups is um, you're, when you're in, when you're you're founding a company with others, it's very much a marriage to other people, um, in, in, in a business marriage in many senses of the word. Um, and so I found a, uh, some other guys who very much had this same problem. And uh, I, I think what we really connected on is all of us have had these experiences where we realize that the navigation system that's even coming on modern cars is terribly out of date. And so when we go into the dealership and we want to buy it, we're you know sort of approaching approached by a salesman who's now trying to upsell us on the technology package. And the technology package is three thousand uh, dollars. And I for three thousand dollars, I get an outdated, you know, not constantly updated navigation system, or I have my phone and Google Maps, which I already have, so in that sense, it's free. And I just experienced this when I was uh, purchasing my recent car. And so it was, it was a lot of that connection that um, when I, I'd connected with the right people who had had similar experiences, and we said, all right, we've got to do something about this problem where we want to have access we, we need to have access in some situations to the technology in the car to have a more enjoyable experience, to have a safer experience. But the phone is not formatted for that. And so uh, that was really where we all kind of connected around this. And then from there, it was the stereotypical iterations. And we, we really started to, to take off with the idea. Let me try and understand then, Jeff, what drove you into build, uh, start starting the company. And it, you're saying it was like a passion to solve the problem, which actually I like because that is a long-running theme throughout my entire show. And also the fact you connected with other like-minded individuals and uh, they had the same belief, same passion that this needed to be solved. And, and that, that's your primary reason for starting. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Passion was a huge part of it for all of us. Um, so, so that's that's really interesting because it wasn't like, oh, look at ways that's just been bought by Google. We need to do the same <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, build a multi-billion-dollar app. Uh, you know, because I, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast do actually get into app building for those reasons and I actually think that's the wrong reasons where they see an app it's successful so they just want to emulate that and they think it's going to be like simple and uh, what I have learned from this show is that it's all about the problem and and being obsessed with solving the problem would you agree with that a hundred percent that's absolutely the experience that that we've had that really led for us to push forward with drive mode and Jeff, have you st- started any other stuff uh, as well before you? Did you have like a an experience of starting companies? I think you mentioned before uh, Drive Mode. I did. Did they work out? Did any of those work out? Did you end up selling them on? Or I did not uh, end up getting... selling. Um, I I ended up 
um, spending my savings um, on some very great sort of education from the streets, as it were, um, in, in my first startup experience, um, which was, gosh, this was back in 2010, I believe. And this was right as Groupon was starting to come to prominence. And we, I, um, a friend of mine um, was working on something. He was pretty frustrated with Groupon. It's funny how many startups are formed around this frustration core. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. And uh, he was frustrated because he was receiving the same Groupon deals, uh, for example, for some, it was some like mud bath day spa. And he, and probably myself, I can probably include myself in this, we're the last people to personally like need to go to those, you know, some kind of mud bath or something like that. You know, if it was a present for for significant other, fine. Um, but us, we, we were never interested in those kind of deals and Groupon just kept sort of spamming this, this stuff our way and we thought, this is not tailored to me at all. Um, and so that, that was really where also Pandora was starting to uh, come on the rise at that time as well. And they had this really, really, really brilliant learning algorithm. And so we thought, well, here's a thought. If we combine the learning algorithm of Pandora with this idea of receiving you know, day, daily deals, which was really starting to take off in 2010, maybe there's a way that we can have the right deals reach the, the right people. That, so you can be exposed to the types of things you want to do um, and not being sort of in, indiscriminately spammed with stuff you're not interested in. Um, and so that, that was really where we founded um, a company called SmartVark at the time, kind of a, ma it was, it, our, our mascot was already the smart aardvark of, of all the brilliant startup decisions we've had in the past. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and you, you uh, took some of your savings, put that into the company. I mean, this is where we have a shared connection in a way, because the reason I set up a podcast was because I lost uh, a lot of my savings. Uh, I had a a fairly lucrative job and uh, you know like you just think oh I'll go into business it's easy uh, and uh, <laughs> you soon find out that it's very easy to spend money and a lot harder to actually earn it so uh, I wanted to learn from others through the podcast and uh, my question to you then is for people listening who are at that point where we were all those years ago thinking about starting a startup maybe using their savings would you recommend the journey? Uh, I mean the to to almost anyone, uh, I I do feel that there are people who, you know, they've got very specific situations in life, whether it's family support, whether it's and there's a number of reasons why they're not starting a startup is a very legitimate path. But if you've got a burning idea, uh, in some cases it almost can't be helped. Um, I, I certainly feel like that about drive mode. Is that I I, I must do this. I, I must change what's happening in the, the sort of connected car mobile mobile device space right now because I, I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have this. But even if it's just from a learning perspective, I, I, I look back, for example, on, on SmartVark, which was, you know, my first startup. It was didn't end up being successful in the, in the typical, did you have a huge exit? Am I set up for life on some, you know, I, I, do I own some island in the South Pacific as a result? No, but the amount of learning I gained and the speed at which I learned in SmartVark was just 
tremendously faster than anything I'd, any of the jobs I'd experienced prior. That's what I love about this journey. And I want to reiterate to the listeners, the Appster tribe, is that it is an unbelievably educated journey that we take when uh, becoming like entrepreneurial. And I, I would much prefer uh, like one day in this, this, this role than a whole years of, of learning in a career because uh, it's just learning on the, uh, as you go through the path, learning from others. Uh, and do you find that the whole community as well is really helpful? And uh, do, do, do you like, I mean, how has it changed you, Jeff, as a person? How has it, do you feel like it's improved you as a person being an entrepreneur? Well, I remember, uh, I guess the, the first lesson that it taught me was one of stark humility uh, in that uh, up until that point, I'd been working in investment technology and I'd kind of been proceeding along a similar path. And of course, I was gaining lots of knowledge, gaining lots of, of, of confidence. Um, and I, I'd worked for, you know, sort of standard investment companies up until that point. Um, and then when I moved into the startup world, I realized that, that sort of knowledge, it, it, it was as if kind of a a, a a boy is all of a sudden taken to about 30,000 feet and realizes that that town that he grew up in is just one town out, out of thousands um, and realized how much more there is out there to to explore and learn. And so that that really changed me as I realized I know so, so little, and yet somehow I've got to make this thing be successful and, and figure out how to chart that path under uncertainty. And so that, that humility um, early on, and I'd say it still absolutely continues to this day, um, is really what started to make me realize I need to push myself into areas where I'm not comfortable learning skills that I never thought I'd do. For example, cold calling. I was cold calling small restaurateurs at the Santa Monica Pier which was, if, you, if I looked at myself a few years prior when I was like creating hedge fund analytics systems to go from hedge fund analytics systems to cold calling the Joe's Tacos on, on Santa Monica Pier, uh, it, was, it was such a uh, like worlds apart difference. And yet I was learning this new skill set that I would still be able to take forward with me. Jeff, don't you start me on this road because I could have a lot of chats with you about uh, my experience. I mean, I was going from uh, smoozing and, and, and networking with uh, uh, investors that were, were, we had a minimum uh, take of 50 million, I think, for a fund. <laughs> and so we were uh, uh, doing business deals that would be in the multi-million pounds. And uh, and then the, a few years later, there I am losing money, and uh, now I'm now I'm a podcaster. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and I do I love that um, observation from you that is about uh, just humility because it is a transfer from having you know, like a career in, in the city finance whatever it may be that has some prestige to it. You know, you wear a suit to work and all this sort of stuff, and then. Uh, actually getting your hands dirty, rolling up your sleeves and trying to get into the startup world where you have to add real value. And uh, uh, it's a complete transition. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Jeff, I didn't realize uh, you were doing stuff for hedge funds. Now it's time to thank my sponsors. Smarto's dynamic demand allows app developers and publishers to create a mini auction site inside Smarto's ad server. 
This allows for direct campaigns, RTB buyers, and mediation to compete based on price points. That means all of your integrated demand sources are competing in real time for one ad impression, which of course drives up your revenue. Imagine for a minute you integrate your app with Smarto and instantly access their global demand. You've got the controls to set the floor price and then decide how Smarto's integrated ad networks and DSPs plus your own ad network compete. As a result, Smarto supply partners see higher revenues with this unified competition and Smarto calls it dynamic demand. Dynamic demand decisioning logic is why Smarto's publishers and app developers see higher eCPMs and fill rates. If you're just getting started, Smarto won't leave you out in the cold. Their hands-on account management team is there to offer you guidance on the best way to optimize your setup. Sign up free now at www.smarto.com. It just takes a minute and then you can get started to monetize your inventory. That's www.smaato.com and get started today. Splitmetrics is an A-B testing platform that allows increasing your user acquisition campaigns return on investment, ROI. It lets you discover the most converting app page content like icons, screenshots, and video. Think of this kind of page optimization as your secret growth hacking tool. Splitmetrics helps you promote apps smarter and achieve higher marketing returns on your investment. We all know that most App Store page visitors will drop on the app stores just before installing. Splitmetrics lets you measure your App Store page performance. If you can measure it, then you can change it. There's a new way to optimize your App Store presence. You can test out multiple variations for your App Store product pages and track how users react to different screenshots, titles, names, descriptions, video app previews, ratings and reviews, and app purchases and price. Publishers like Rovio 53, Outfit 7, and Plerium uh, use this platform to understand their behavior and adjust design to resonate with the audience, increasing their conversions by 30%. To boost your user acquisition strategy, get a demo at splitmetrics.com forward slash appguy. That's splitmetrics.com forward slash appguy, all lowercase, and go and book a demo right now. And of course, always say that you did come from this show because it helps the show and supports our sponsor. Thanks so much to Splitmetrics for supporting this show. And now let's return to the episode. There's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye. One is that uh, I love to try and tease out potential new app ideas from guests because there's a lot of people listening to this who uh, don't have that idea that you had, that burning passion. Now, as an entrepreneur, I know that you have loads of ideas uh, probably every day. Would you be able to pluck one of those ideas for an app that you may have had and share it with us? Wow, this one. So you, well, you, you yeah. certainly uh, uh, set me up well with uh, loads of ideas every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm, look, I'm, I mean, I, I'm completely uh, kidding uh, with that, by the way. <laughs> Uh, if you have one, that's fine. If not, there's uh, actually an alternative uh, way of doing this, which is working out what your biggest frustrations and pain points are in your business right now, uh, whether it be uh, gaining new customers, gaining downloads, that kind of thing. And and then we can work out if there's a potential to solve that. Do, do you have any big pain points? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, this is something that's um, been kind of an interesting challenge for for me lately, and in an area that I am actually quite passionate about is um, providing good uh, support for our users. And I, I absolutely feel that uh, 
and this is an idea that I think has been gaining a little bit of traction uh, recently, in, and that's having very, very good customer support, especially for an app, is an absolute competitive advantage. Um, and uh, because so many app makers are, you know, small, it's just a, a small team until you really start to get some major traction and all that. Um, I've I've really tried to make sure that we we sort of communicate and and synthesize all of the wonderful feedback that everyone is sending our way. And I think being a smaller uh, company and and being a spart a startup where you know everybody's working on so many things, it's very easy for user support and just responding to this constant stream of consciousness um, from our, our our great users that. It's easy for that stuff to kind of slip by the wayside, and so I think having a way to not just respond like easily and quickly to to our user base, but um, also particularly when they give us feedback, um, ways to sort of organize that feedback into something that we can then take and help us, you know, help myself as product manager prioritize and really start to to chart that. The, the path of enhancements that our users are looking for. Um, and I, I know there are tools for that, but I haven't actually seen anything that nicely connects the support and this sort of ca feedback categorization and mapping perspective. Jeff, you've given me two fantastic ideas, and I, I really think that uh, everyone listening should uh, think about these ideas at least and potentially work on them. One is if you think about websites, look at the support we get now. When you go onto uh, any websites, like I use Squarespace, I get a little pop-up box, which is a help box, and I instantly can chat to a support team. I don't get that on apps. And when I get lost or something's crashing or I'm having a problem with an app, what do I do? I open up my laptop and go to the laptop. I mean, that just seems crazy. It should all be within the app. So uh, any way of doing those uh, chat recommendations or having a little um, the ability to record a message maybe and send that instantly to a support team. Uh, and then the other idea that you gave me is uh, that almost like leading questions for the users. So uh, you can instant message users now and imagine like you know having a certain way of categorizing um, the users and sending them uh, maybe feedback from their connections on LinkedIn and say, oh, look, your connection, uh, Fred Smith says that uh, the app is like terrific for this or that, you know, and would you agree? Yes or no? And ask them like and poll your users. And uh, then that, that could be an interesting uh, way of getting feedback. You know, I think I'm sold and would probably invest in you or um, any of your, your listeners out there that were to create something, you just kind of uh, quickly sort of feeding off of what you just mentioned is I'm really intrigued by voice-based feedback because voice is such a natural way, particularly on mobile where keyboards are, are difficult to type in and it, it's just a much more potentially uh, tricky situation to give longer form feedback. And so typically the feedback I get, which is coming from a mobile device, is usually very short bursts. And so it takes a bit of back and forth Whereas if the person were able to press a button, leave a voice message, and then that voice message were transcribed, um, and then th that kind of feedback sort of 
categorized for us and possibly put into to some sort of a support queue, that would be tremendous. I, I think that would really change the way and the ability we have to support folks who want to just very quickly you know, add a comment or talk about, I'm on this screen and I'm having a problem here. Uh, that, that would be really great, I think, for all mobile app developers out there. Oh, Jeff, you know what I love about this podcast is you never know where it's going to go. And look what we've come up with, a really amazing idea. I mean, look at Facebook. When you go to send a message, it opens up another app, Facebook Messenger. So imagine having a standalone support app, which you can link to within your own app. So when a customer wants to leave you uh, valuable voice feedback, you pre they press one button, it opens up the app, and then they leave their voice feedback. Uh, then there's a service that transcribes that feedback and sends it to you as a founder. Uh, Genius. Tremendous. Where, where, where can I um, invest right. in that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just an idea, but hey, that's why we share it on the show and make it valuable. Jeff, the last thing then is that um, you're in one of my favorite cities around the world, uh, L.A., and um, I wondered if you had an app that you could recommend to us that you use uh, for uh, whatever you're doing, business or pleasure. Uh, do you have an app recommendation? Oh, this is a, a snap one for me. Is I'll, I'll, I'll have to give, um, maybe I'll, I'll kind of cut my spiel in two and give two. So the first I'll say is Audible. Um, I'm a huge fan of audiobooks. Um, I, I, I do both. I, I read both the sort of um, the, the print versions, uh, but Audible has allowed me to, because I drive a lot and because I'm stuck in traffic a lot, really just almost double the number of books I'm able to, to read. And so it's, it's something that truly has kept me sane and possibly out of prison uh, for, you know, when traffic gets heated, you, you know, sometimes it can't be held responsible. You're you're actually excited about a traffic jam now. I get a bet a bet. You know, especially if you're interested in a really uh, great book that's an audio book. You're like, oh, thank goodness we've stopped. I can just concentrate on the story. That that is actually true sometimes. Where and, and this is it's such a bizarre. I I really had that sort of moment where I'm sitting there and I was like, oh great, like some you know somebody has an accident in front of me and I'm going to be late 15 minutes. I'm like, well, but. I get to listen to this book for 15 more minutes. And so I actually didn't mind it at all. And just before we get to your other recommendation about Audible, uh, do you get a lot of the books actually narrated by the author? I, I'm, I'll have to admit, I'm sometimes skeptical of those because I've experienced great sort of audio narration talent. And I've come to really appreciate folks who are specifically, it's absolutely a skill set. And so I've really come to appreciate that. And so sometimes if it's narrated by the author, usually they don't have as much training. And so the, the performance, uh, as, as it were, usually doesn't bring the story to life as much as someone who's very experienced. I'm just thinking that uh, actually in podcast land, there's nothing stopping me from turning a lot of my interviews into content that could become a book that I put into Audible and then I narrate that, which effectively is a different kind of long-form podcast. That, I should probably do that. That would be interesting, <laughs> yes. Yeah, because uh, because a lot of people do listen to Audible and uh, it's obviously an untapped market for someone like me running a podcast. And uh, 
the way to get into that would be to create a book and then uh, narrate the book. But I don't know the process. So if anyone listening knows the process of what you need to do to go through Audible, please let me know. <laughs> and uh, uh, what was the other one? You had one more. So the other one, I figured um, coming on a podcast, it really this is the sort of perfect opportunity. Is So I'm also, as I mentioned, a, a huge fan of, of podcasts because they make me look forward to traffic, um, which is, again, very strange to me. But uh, I've actually been using uh, a fan of an app that I've been using recently is Player FM. And it just turns out that I believe you had Mike, the, the founder of Player FM, on the App Guy podcast uh, about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I'm good friends with Mike, actually. We do stay in touch. He uh, reached out to me and said, hey, I want to put your app into the Google Sandpit because Player FM had been showcased next to Hotel Tonight and all these other ones in the Google Sandpit for Google I.O. 2014. And uh, he kept sending me pictures of the app guy on the wrist of um, the smartwatch that was running Android and uh, it was uh, t- terrific, uh, and uh, I really kept in touch with him since that. So you use, you use uh, his Player FM quite a lot. Oh, I absolutely do. It's actually my favorite uh, podcast app, and so that's that's me on a daily basis rolling down the freeway is invariably either listening to Audible or, in many cases, listening to you uh, via Player FM. And I, I, I was... Uh, not just am I, I really happy with the, the, the interface and the way he's really made it easy to kind of discover and, and consume podcasts, but um, I, I had a, a truly amazing experience with the guy in that um, some of our, our users of Drive Mode um, were mentioning that the integration between uh, Player FM and, and Drive Mode, there were some integration issues. And so Mike actually popped onto our user support community and said, hey, one of my users mentioned that there's some difficulties here. Let's talk. Within a day, we were on a Skype chat talking about it and then working together on ways to better integrate drive mode in Player FM. And so re- really, it's just a, sh- a shout out to Mike in general. Is Not only does he have a great podcast app, but he also feels sort of passionately like I do about finding ways to improve the user experience. That is terrific. I love that. And I'm definitely going to... Uh, almost send this to him as well and make sure that he hears it. So, Jeff, uh, this has been a great chat. I'm going to put all the uh, show notes in episode 392, which uh, you can get. If you're listening, go to theappguy.co. That's theappguy.co. And uh, search for Jeff Standard, episode 392, and you'll see links to the things we're talking about. But in the meantime, Jeff, how best can people reach out to you? How best can can they connect? Oh, you can um, connect with me. I'm, of course, I've got uh, a Twitter account, which is completely forsaken, um, but I'm certainly reachable there. It's at the Jeff Standard. Uh, and uh, they're also, of course, always welcome to email me, uh, jstandard at gmail.com. Totally happy to answer questions, you know, have j- jump on, on calls. I really love interacting with people. Yeah, and people can do that whilst they're driving because of your app. So, <laughs> um, well, uh, you might even, uh, actually, uh, joking aside, you might be saving lives here because I'm pretty sure that uh, there's some reckless driving out there 
and uh, there's you know pr primarily because so many people are distracted on the road. So the solution to that is either your app or uh, driverless cars, and I think your app is probably going to be a little bit more economical and more maybe uh, more likely to happen in the future than. Uh, the autonomous driving <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a whole other podcast uh, for, for that content, yes. Jeff, thanks very much for coming on the show. All the best. Yes, cheers. Thank you very much, Paul. Increase your revenue by putting your entire demand stack in competition with each other on SPX, the Smarto Publisher Platform. See higher eCPMs and fill rates today by taking a few minutes to sign up at smarto.com. That's S-M-A-A-T-O.com. Thanks to Smarto for supporting this episode. App Store often feels like a black box. Splitmetrics is the only A-B testing and analytics platform that sheds light on it. It tracks and reports users' App Store behavior to help you understand what they do on your page and what resonates with your audience. To boost your chances of a higher app conversion, go to splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. It really helps out if you go to splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy because they'll know you've come from the show and it helps support my sponsor who keeps the show going. Just a few announcements. One is that it was my birthday last week and uh, where were my birthday presents, huh? I'll tell you what you can do uh, to make it up to me. Why not go to, uh, if you can, Apple's podcasting app or iTunes and go on and leave me a five-star review for this podcast. Uh, that is the best birthday present anybody can buy me. And in fact, it's even free, so it doesn't cost you anything, just a little bit of time. So if you haven't already done so, or if you have, but it's been a while, go to leave me a review. And the best place is in Apple, and uh, it's the podcasting app or iTunes. Five-star review if you can, and uh, I'll be sure to read out those in a future episode. Uh, the other announcement is that I have been reading some really awesome stuff over the week, and there's two blog posts I'd like to bring to your attention. One is from my good friend, Robla Jama, and he is uh, on Product Hunt, pretty active on there. Uh, he writes some awesome stuff, and he's recently posted onto Medium uh, the headline, The Press Release is Dead, Here Are Its Essential Replacements and three techniques for unconventional PR that get results. I highly recommend reading this blog post. To find it, you go to the appguy.co forward slash curated hyphen articles. That's the appguy.co forward slash curated hyphen articles, all lowercase, and you'll be able to see that press release, and you'll be able to see the other press release with, with the title Goodbye Paper Lists, and that's from my good friend, David Diamond, who's also been on this show before. So I highly recommend those. Um, they are on my newsletter. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, do go to my website and at the bottom you'll see free updates and that gives you the link to sign up to my newsletter. And you'll find that when you do visit my website, it's not full of the junky uh, capturing emails type uh, pop-ups. It's uh, pretty unintrusive and uh, respects your time. So uh, thanks very much for listening to that announcement and I look forward to getting a review from you and hopefully delivering another episode to you shortly. Bye for now.